Northern Seminary and the Center for Theological Integrity. This is the pastor's table. Today's church leaders are weary and burnt out from trying to lead in the machine of corporate leadership systems. The pastor's table brings you conversations with local pastors working out deep theological convictions in their churches. Here are your hosts, Reverend Tara Beth Leach and Dr. Mark Quanstrom. Welcome back to The Pastor's Table. I'm Tara Beth Leach, and joining me again today is my co-host, partner in crime, Bethany Hammer, for our final episode together. It's been a lot of fun. And we are joined again by Melissa Pillman, who is a pastor at Missio Day, as she is continuing to reflect on her story and calling into ministry as a woman. Yeah, I think one of the questions that I've realized in those spaces, and you know, I'm sure you both have tried to navigate this as well as women in ministry, even even for the non-pastors, it's like which of these spaces, these male-heavy, even complementarian spaces that I've been invited into, are spaces that I should go to wow. for the women who come behind me, and which are a waste of sideways energy for me. That is such an important question, Melissa, uh, that's something I've wrestled with, Yeah, you know, because to one degree, I'm like, how are we going to shift this if I don't show up? And then the other, you know, and it's, I mean, talk about an energy zap. Yeah. Um, well, and sometimes we need to go to the space. Yeah. And but then realize afterwards, I'm, I'm not the one who this isn't, that's not the space not where people you. are going for that conversation. Mm -hmm. And I'm exhausted afterwards. Mm -hmm. That's that's when you have a sign of sideways energy. Yep. And to feel the freedom that that doesn't need to be your space. But to be open to where, prayerfully considering where God may have given you that nanny position and you can go and actually be an agent for change mm -hmm. with people who have open ears and open hearts to what the Holy Spirit might be doing. One of the things that strikes me about that, Melissa, is... You are clearly being led by the Spirit then because you were able to sit in that space for 18 years, nine, you know, 17 years where you didn't have this title. Um, you were, in, you know, egalitarian to complementarian to egalitarian, but you, you were able to sit in that because you loved your church. Well, I think that that was something that I developed over time into what I would now consider one of my my passion areas as a pastor, which is solid ecclesiology. Mm. And I never had that before. Mm -hmm. Say more about that. Well, I, I don't think, you know, just, just growing up in the church, having it nowhere on my radar about pastoral ministry at mm -hmm. all. I, by the way, Tara Beth, I think that's part of the reason I could do it. I still yeah. wasn't thinking pastor. Yeah. I had no space for pastor. It was just your people. I, you know, I was an entrepreneur who worked part-time at her church, because her kids went to school and it wasn't time to start a new career. She was mm -hmm. still building a business with her husband. Like, I, it just, it wasn't on my radar to be a pastor. Right. Um, and so I could sit in those spaces as Melissa mm -hmm. with my friends who I loved and trusted them, even if I didn't mm -hmm. agree with everything. Mm -hmm. And so I was still safe in those spaces. But the ecclesiology part, I didn't know that I had picked up along the way um, a message that was what we all now can know and call out of, like, individual salvation all of that. Um, and so in Gordon Fee's language, that I wasn't only saved from something, but I was saved into something. Mm -hmm. And that was the people of God. And that that people of God posture and place has such an important um, location where we are in the here and not yet. And yes. I didn't get that at wow. all growing up. And so as I started 
to develop my own voice and my own theology around things, I started to realize how imperative it is as all leaders of churches to have a solid ecclesiology and to build your people up to recognize that they are the church. They are the people of God. They are the presence of the Holy Spirit here and now. And the Spirit is going to impact this world through the people who are bearing the Spirit. Right. And so we have to be on the lookout for anywhere that the Spirit is acting. Yes. And we can't just look to our pastors or elders or ministry directors or whatever your church calls them. We as leaders need to be looking for any man or woman who is operating in their giftedness and lean and submit to the Spirit yep. by honoring them and elevating their voice in that way. And that's what ecclesiology for me has become so much about not just the not just the theology of ecclesiology, but the practice as a pastor. Yes. That's the calling up of people where we're seeing the gifts and the and the leaning into them, while maintaining the God given authority of a pastoral position. You don't want chaos, mm -hmm. but um, but part of my authority is to is to is to spot it, look for it, and call it up. And I think I found a lot. I think we've talked about this individually. Um, before with other female pastors or uh, females in ministry, when they knew the calling, they had to have it reinforced so much more often yes. than most of the men That's that we right. hear of. At 22, they decide they want to plant a church and the world is like, <laughs> go. And I love that. That's great. Yeah. They can own a yeah. calling faster. Yep. But I think that we doubt it sometimes in part because we don't always have a creative imagination for a woman in that mm -hmm. space. Fill in the blank, whether it's right. pastor, preacher, mm -hmm. anything else. Um, since we don't have a creative imagination for it, it's harder for us to hear it. And so I don't think of it as like disobedience to the voice of God. Mm -hmm. It's just I may feel like I have a mother's heart for this church. But even when I felt that in a million years, I wouldn't have said, therefore, I should be a pastor. I just knew God gave me a mother's heart for this church. Yeah. And it was a long time before I started to recognize that that might be this position now with ecclesiology that is supporting how we all are the church together, part of my mother's heart is to look after the people in the congregation and say, what do I see in you? What can I call out in you? What can I make space for, for God to develop in you? Because that's how we're going to be the church together. The only way that Jesus can be the head of the church is by leading the church by way of the Holy Spirit through the people who are there right. in any given season, Right. which back to urban ministry, you have to be ready for that to be changing a lot. Because yes. in the city, people move a lot and it can get really disheartening. And you have right. to be ready to not um, fall apart when a right. leader moves for the next season of life. But instead to say, OK, God, I trust that the way that you lead this church is through whoever is here in any given season. We have all we need. Yeah. And that, that kind of ecclesiology can help a lot in urban pastoral ministry, in my opinion. I but. think that that goes a lot to what I've heard before in saying, like, it's not about one church. Right. It's about one God. And so as we invest in leaders, as we call out things that we see, the gifts that that leaders have, if they leave our church, they're not leaving God. They're mm. just going where God is calling them to go. And so what you've invested in them is still investing in the kingdom. Absolutely. And we've actually come to sort of own that as part of our story, as as Missy O'Day, at least, um, is that that not everybody, you know, there's some of us who stay around for a long time. Um, but then in some way we can just own and not get discouraged the fact that we are sometimes a church to equip people for their next Absolutely. season of life and to send well. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm so struck. One of the things that you shared, 
within this was how this wasn't even on your radar. And, you know, I often say, you use the word creative imagination. I often say that the church has a, has a very anemic imagination, mm-hmm. that it, it's, our, our imagination is anemic and that we only see half of the church um, as leading, as preaching, as teaching. And so that anemia then affects or impacts the imagination of both the men and especially the women. Yeah. One of the first time I preached, um, one of uh, a young woman who was in our congregation who I had known for a long time, she came up to me with tears in her eyes and she just said, I just never until today even thought that I could ask myself the question, could I teach? Mm. And she said, I don't know that I feel like I'm supposed to or that I'm going to or anything. I just realized I never even allowed myself to ask the question until I heard your voice. Mm. And it was interesting because it was nothing about what I said. Mm-hmm. But there is something to different voices. This is why we need diversity in all different kinds yes. of ways from the pulpit, yes. in all kinds of ways. Life stage, uh, race, gender. Mm-hmm. We need different uh, background experiences because we need we can hear different facets of God in different in different voices but the thing that she recognized is she had never once heard a female voice preach well wow. so she didn't have the creative imagination right. to even wonder if that right. was a thing right it was anemic yeah and not by her own fault right it was anemic because of the context and culture and the air that she was breathing so melissa i wonder as you think about all of our male pastors that are listening right now that are in contexts where they are mentoring men, they sit on elder boards that are mostly men, um, and they, let's just say, 100% of the time or 99% of the time, men are the ones that are on the platforms, whether it's preaching or worship leading or publicly praying or sharing a testimony or reading scripture. What is your encouragement for them? Well, first of all, I'm encouraged by them listening. Yeah, Uh, that already that demonstrates that these are people who are longing to have their own imagination expanded right? um, in places that they recognize that they can't see what they don't know from their vantage Mm -hmm. point. And so that in and of itself is a beautiful thing. Um, If you're in a setting where um, there's room for inviting up other voices, then do that. That's the first thing. Invite other voices. Encourage other voices. Again, my first preaching outside of a women's event, I I was invited by a complementarian pastor. Um, He saw in me something that I didn't have the the creative imagination for. I loved preaching at the women's events, but those were once a year, you know? Um, he saw that he nurtured it. He uh, gave me encouragement and feedback, and uh, it was just so helpful in developing something in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, just stop and name it if you see it, and if you can find the space in your context to make room for it, mm-hmm. do that. If you, I would even say, have, oh, not can you, but find it. Yes, right. Yeah, find it. There are ways. Yeah, pray yeah. for God to give you eyes to see because Absolutely. those women are in your churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you, it was not even on your radar. You just wanted to serve the church and be faithful, and yet, Melissa, you have clear gifts of leadership, of shepherding, and of preaching and teaching. I mean, those gifts are there. 
But it wasn't on your radar. It wasn't. And it, and it was a, a complementarian male with a wonderful heart who mm-hmm. I respect very much, who mm-hmm. could see and call that out and um, and give me a little nudge to say yes when I yeah. was embarrassed. Public speaking is not my thing. Well, I mean, it is now. It's my job. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't something I yeah. was seeking. So I would definitely say that. Another thing that I would say if um, you're a man who's listening, who's in a context that is um, going to stay all-male elder board or whatever, if, if that's not the battle that can be taken on right now, um, then get an advisory board of more mixed voices to take other perspectives yeah. to your elder board okay. for the final decision. Okay. And mix that. Mix that. Mix it with life stage. Don't forget, uh, not just all marrieds with children, you know, get get the singles, get the young professionals, get the sage with the gray hair, um, yep. get an advisory board and um, and honor uh, diverse voices, yep. even if, if you're not in a position to change your yeah. elder board yeah. makeup. I'm curious how the two of you would finish this sentence, uh, because we've talked about when women don't preach, teach, and lead, uh, and what that does to the imagination. So what happens when women do preach, teach, and lead? I mean, I my answer is pretty similar to what you were saying earlier. I remember uh, one of the times that I preached, and I had a mom come up to me, and she said, my daughter did not hear a word of what you said. But she felt the spirit say to her, I want you to do that. Wow. And six I years later, yeah. yeah, six years later, actually, just just two days ago, she and I were uh, setting up for vacation Bible school at the church. This this girl now is going into college and no way. she's leaving next next year. And I said, so what are you going to go major in? And she said, oh, I'm, I'm majoring in biblical studies. Oh, get and, it out. Yeah. And I'm like, had she not seen... A female pastor. And that's so much of my story, too, that I shared even last week, you know, or two weeks ago, just about I, I think that I missed so much because I didn't know it was an option. Wow. And so, like, I'm really intentional about making sure my kids are in spaces where they're seeing females because I'm not going to have them grow mm-hmm. up the way that I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. I have a lot of people give very, like, physical reactions, which I think is fascinating in our embodied experience yes. that when people approach me, and I, what I see in them is like your body's different than what I'm used to seeing there <laughs> because I've had people literally scan my body and say, "What? I've never seen this. Yes. And they, right. they look me up and down. All the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, okay. All the time. You're and a I, pastor? Yeah. What? And I've had people. You're um, wearing that? Woman, well, there's that too. <laughs> I had a woman approach me one time in just full honesty and just say, Man, I just was visiting and you stepped up to the pulpit and I already was annoyed. I was thinking, I am not going to like this, but hey, that was that wasn't bad. And I was like, she's like, I actually enjoyed that. And it was like such a low bar yeah. as a compliment. But I was like, from you, that feels really big. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and so I think that um, just finding ways to get women into physical spaces. Again, if you're in a context that's not ready to have her preach where can she be present, physical, her body standing yes. in spaces that are seen and heard and her own voice? Um, I mean, by that, I mean like scripture reading. Yes. But like, where can she offer the prayer? Yes. Or the word of encouragement or right. anything. Um, and, and, and find those creative spaces uh, wherever your church is at. It, you need to have a representation for your yeah. church's imagination to remember that in the early church, uh, Romans 
they were re- they were leading together side by side, mm-hmm. and so we can't um, we can't pull that apart and act like um, you know that, that's just an unnecessary gender war. And I would go on to say it's it's ill fitting in the church. Yes, to have a gender war in the body of Christ. Yes, it is. It is. It is incredibly ill fitting, and it is more of a reflection, I think, of culture of the day and the polarization that we are seeing and not at all the vision that Jesus set out for us when he prayed in the garden. Yeah. That the world would see Christ in us through our unity, just as Jesus and the Father are one. I think that these are some of the issues that the Apostle Paul was getting after with with Jew and Gentile. Yeah. And one that he subverted with his incredible declaration that there is no separation, that there's no distinction that um, between Jew, Greek, Gentile, male, and female. And it is ill-fitting. Mm-hmm. And it is backwards movement uh, from the mission of God. Yeah, I agree. And something else just on the opposite side of the spectrum to watch out for or just to be aware of is just like you were saying, he didn't. Uh, Paul wasn't removing those elements of somebody's personhood. Yes, he was right. just saying this is not what is going to define value or purpose in the life of the church. And so I um, additionally had a couple women come up to me when I started as an interim um, uh, lead yep. and sort of give me a girl power thing. And I, I had to I had to stop that yes. as well and say, yeah. absolutely yes. not. Mm-hmm. This is a blessed alliance like Carolyn uh, Custis James. Uh, speaks it so, so well. And so we have to be ready on both sides to say, just like we don't want um, to only be hearing and seeing men, we're not on some girl power mission either. No, this is a blessed alliance. This is a partnership. This is um, imaging Mm -hmm. God well in our togetherness and our unity. And so that also, that goes in both directions. Man, that is so powerful. Yeah, I, this isn't this isn't a feminist agenda, right? No, <laughs> this is this is a one that is rooted in scripture, and it's not this slippery slope that uh, a certain theologian uh, with the last name of Grudem like to talk about. But <laughs> this this is returning to the vision rooted in scripture, um, and this is old school. Yeah, this is old school. So, so for the two of you, you know, just one more question. We have women that are listening, and I know that we have women that are listening that are lay leaders. They, um, they, they're serving in administrative roles just like you, Melissa. Uh, and then we have women that are Bible study leaders, and then mm-hmm. we have women that are pastors, of course. But I, I want to know specifically what the two of you would say to the women who are are in the process of sorting out their gifts. I would imagine they're listening to this podcast because something is coming alive in them, mm-hmm. whether they've been living it out, stewarding this gifts for a very long time or it's new. What would you say to them? I would say, listen to the voice of God. I think the enemy likes to speak lies into us that you, that we're not qualified, right? Some of the same things that, we, that we've been talking about, but, but really... Uh, Looking at three different areas. One, what does scripture say? Two, what are the people around you saying? Because I think that God speaks through other fellow believers mm-hmm. and in deep times of solitude mm-hmm. and silence with mm-hmm. God. What is God saying to you? And and the Spirit's not going to let it go 
right? Yeah. Like if you're feeling that nudge, there's a reason for that. Yeah. So pursue whatever that is to to dig deeper and and what is God calling you to do? That's so good. And I, Bethany, I love that because you're saying that not just as a like pithy sort of like, oh, get get quiet and listen to God. No. You're seeing that as a woman that's lived it. Um, I've watched you go on these silent retreats. Mm-hmm. I I know that you talk about it often, your morning time, your quiet time, your journaling, your reading scripture is so important. And you are one that that this is this is a lived experience for you. And I just say that because I think sometimes in Christian circles, we tend to write some of those suggestions off. Oh, okay, listen to God or mm-hmm. okay, uh, read scripture or okay, solitude. But you are saying... No, no, no. Like, because I've watched you in so many different times. I've watched you live through transitions. Mm -hmm. And it is those times of solitude of you listening to the voice of God that you get that kind of clarity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, I, I, I wouldn't have planned this out, but that kind of worked well, because if, if Bethany, you were talking about the original clarity of a calling or stirring of a creative imagination between yourself and the Holy Spirit. That's so good. But now if you're a woman listening to this and you got to go back to your church and be like, what do I do? Yeah, I need I need a space Mm -hmm. for that. I would say um, regardless of your setting, you know, first of all, don't write it off because there's no path to the pastorhood for you. Just hold on a second and, um, you know, just sort of consider a couple things in your context. You know, when I talk to people about choosing a church or deciding, should I, should I leave? I didn't agree with this decision, whatever else. Um, the three things that I say in those moments would be like, first of all, you know, d- does the leadership of your church love Jesus? Is that come across in the way that the church is the church together? And can you see it as evidence in the lives of your leaders? So that's one. Number two, bi- solid biblical teaching that the Holy Spirit is using in your life. You're choosing to put yourself under the spiritual formation of these teachers. Is it solid? And is the spirit using it to form you well? And then do you trust the hearts of your leaders? If those three things are there, they can make a lot of wrong decisions. They can Mm -hmm. do things that you wouldn't do or in a pace you wouldn't do it. And there's a lot of grace because we're not going to agree with everything. We Mm -hmm. can't just hop churches every time something isn't right. But if those three things are yeses for you, take this conversation to somebody in leadership. You trust their hearts and just say, I don't know if I have a creative imagination for this, but I feel this in my life. Mm-hmm. Can I process this with you? And just allow them the chance and the opportunity to process that with you, to to talk about it. Um, and then, you know, there may come a day that you feel a clear calling and there isn't a path in your context. And I would say that at some point, if you revisit those three questions and any one of those three becomes a no, then I think that you have time to go back to the Lord and see if it's time to find a context that'll allow your gifts to thrive. Um, I am not one for jumping ship quickly, obviously, Um, but uh, there's a good chance that you can have that conversation where you are if you have those healthy three things um, that you see in your community, even if your community is um, not currently embracing Mm -hmm. women in clear leadership roles. there could be opportunities there still. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that that's maybe something that I would say because it's hard to, I mean, the first time I taught, I remember it was at a women's event, that once a year thing. I got in the car afterwards and I called my mom and I was like, oh my gosh, I loved that. I mm-hmm. didn't know I was going to love that. 
oh, well. And she said, what do you mean, oh, well? I'm like, well, I can't do anything with that. And she's like, well, how do you know? And I was like, there's no, there's no wow. space, but I had a lot of fun tonight. And I kind of wrote it off from there. And so, um, you know, in hindsight, if I if I had a congregant now feeling that way, I would want them to come to me. Yes. And I've had women do that, actually, and just say, like, I, I have this thing. I, I don't know. What do you think? Like, let's go there. This is going to be fun. Yes. Yes. Wow. That is so powerful. And again, this this vision of, of going about this in a slow way, I know, is born out of your love for the local church, mm-hmm. right? It's like, it's so incarnational, which we, we spent so much, we'd spent 19 episodes talking about incarnational ministry, of trusting the presence of God within your community and that it's about your location, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's not about your location being a means uh, to an end so that you can arrive at some place within your calling, right? Right. But it's about faithfulness right where you are. And that's slow. And that takes a lot of discernment and listening. And, you know, I do think that at times also it does get to a moment where women feel called out. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. But I just would say, like, you may, there may be opportunities if those, if those indicators are there, there could be opportunities that you just haven't been able to see yet. Mm-hmm. Like those women who have approached us and just said, I just never thought of that before. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, so, but yeah. And, and, and community discernment, you know, back to ecclesiology, just mm-hmm. um, surround yourself with your, with, with community who's going to love you and see you mm-hmm. and reflect what they see of Christ in you back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Melissa and Bethany for joining us for these episodes I know that this has nourished the imagination of women and men alike. And my hope and prayer is that this moves this needle a little bit more towards this vision of the blessed alliance of women and men coming alongside of one another, partnering for the mission of God. Next week, uh, it'll be back to me and Mark. And we're going to reflect on some of these conversations together because there's a lot here to process. And I know that Mark will be just as nourished by this and he'll have some follow-up thoughts and perhaps even questions of, um, of things that he wants to dig deeper on. And so, friends, thank you so much for joining us over these last several weeks on the pastor's table as we've reflected on women in ministry. Melissa, I wonder if you would send us out with a benediction today. Oh, I would be honored. However you are finding yourself right now, I encourage you to go ahead and open up your hands Mm. and your imagination to actually receive these words spoken over you. May God bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. May you go from this place with that little spark, that little something that the Holy Spirit ignited in you today and nurture it. Fan that flame, treat it with the honor and dignity that God intended as he gave it to you. And may you find your place and your purpose um, exactly as the human that you are, men and women, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, friends. And until next time on the pastor's table.
The music on this podcast is Radiant Church by 1111 Worship. And the podcast is produced by Chaz Robbins at Hope Story Media. Thank you.